Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for using us, Father, to bring your word. How humble, Father God, and honored we are, Father, that I am, Father, to be used as a vessel to bring forth your word, Father, for your children. Holy Spirit, we give you complete permission to speak through me, to minister to me according to what Abba children's heart needs. Father, you know what your children need. So I pray, Father, in this very moment that you baptize me with your with your spirit. May your Holy Spirit rest on me, Father, so that when I bring your word, Father, it comes forth with boldness and wisdom and revelation so that your children, Father, may receive according to what you want them to hear, Father. Father, may, Father God, it penetrate to every heart to the deepest and transform, Father God, according, Father God, to the mind of Christ. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, my computer keep going into, it keep going, falling asleep, but we, uh, yes. So, I, uh, quick word of testimony. It's, uh, I've been praying about this, you know, for, the, for quite some time. Um, we've been on the series of, of um, uh, time for harvest, um, uh, preparing for harvest, to be more specific. And we've teach for the past, you know, as far as, for the past weeks or months, actually, as far as, you know, having a heart, a sowing heart, because in everything that the Father does, often it's not just about bringing our ties before him, but it's the posture of our heart. And um, today what we're going to do is I actually thought it was over because I wanted to do, um, I wanted to, you know, it's been, it's, this is the third message on this, and uh, I really thought it was over, but I, it, it is, uh, it is one, after this, we're probably going to have another message uh, before we conclude this. I was trying to make, I was trying to bombard everything in one so that I wouldn't have to come back again <laughs> on this message, uh, on this uh, series, um, but the Father wanted, um, I couldn't do that. Um, so I break it down in two, which kind of makes sense because the time is actually, uh, so he actually knew better because, you know, with how the, you know, everything turns out. Um, so I'm praying that I get, you know, we can actually, you know, get this uh, as set up, you know, soon as possible. You know, I won't be before you much. And, uh, and uh, you know, hold me in my word. You know, I hear everybody coughing and everything. Uh, somebody can give them some like um, throat, um, you know, water or uh, uh, <laughs> stuff for the throat. <laughs> and I know what this means, right? Okay. So um, the Father's been dealing with me in regards to this message. And I see why, probably why it took so long. There's no coincidence. There's no such thing. The Father's very timing very specific in everything that he does um, um, and I'm I'm all for it you know uh, I'm a very laid-back person <laughs> so whatever he does you know unless I don't know some you know sometimes we don't know but when I know I'm like okay father I know this is all you so hey, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the ride with you and um, the reason why and before he had me teach something or preach something and I think he's actually taken me in a, in, a, in, a, in a season now of preaching. Um, and I see why, because he's ha been having me studying all the apostles, you know, uh, apostle teaching and Dr. Hardy teaching. Um, 
or the foundation that's being laid and to actually preach them, you know, uh, because, of course, teaching deals with the mind and then preaching deals with, uh, which I think I'm better at, you know, <laughs> exhorting. So uh, he, uh, he's been literally dealing with me in that regard as far as starting getting ready to preach. Um, so this might be the last time, um, if not the, this one or maybe the next one, I will be actually teaching. I will be doing a lot more preaching moving forward. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so, um, um, but it's interesting. He been dealing with me in regards to this te- uh, to this teaching because um, he wanted he wanted he wanted it to be raw, um, where whatever that I will be saying I actually experience it. So all of this delaying were actually me experiencing what I will be teaching. It's like very interesting. I'm telling you. Um, so I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, we 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 in the same page, and. And one of the ways the Father often communicate with me a lot is through dreams um, um, or, like, you know, a tender voice. Um, but for the most part, if he want me, if, you know, if I missed it, 99% of the time he's going to give me a dream about it. Um, and uh, the whole concept of this, we're not going to dive too much, but we're going to pretty much talk in regards to because we're talking about harvesting, many time, often we pray we've been expecting things and we don't see, like even sometimes we even sow seeds. We don't see the proper result. We don't see the outcomes. You know, okay, what's going on, Father? I know your word says, you know, if I give, then I shall receive. You know, I know what your word says. I've, you know, I'm practicing it. I'm doing my part. Um, though there are times it happens in different times. Like sometimes if we spend a whole season, we don't give. And when we finally give as human perspective, human nature, oh, okay, we're expecting next week. And it doesn't work like that because the Father works in the season. So, the, you know, farmers, they actually, they plant throughout all season because they're expecting to reap uh, a harvest throughout all year. So you don't skip the years because when you do, then you're going to skip in your harvest. Amen. So this is what the, but there's also, that is an aspect, but there are times where there's just a delay on things, where you're praying, you've done what you need to do, you've done your part, but yet it's still a delay. So this whole message, uh, this one and the next one, the Father is really dealing in regards to what we're going to go pretty much get insight. The title of the message is going to be insight on what happened um, when we pray, when we expecting, when we pray about something and, or the Father's promise, when we don't see it happen, what's causing the issues? Um, you know, is it many times, though it could be, a, you know, there are times that it could be a mature thing where you're not ready. You know, when you're not ready, the Father's going to give you you know, especially when you ask, he's going to give you, okay, you know what, okay, you on that stage. You know, keep working. He's, you know, you on stage two. You know, if he's trying to get you to ten stages, like, he will give you steps. Okay, you're on this step, stage now, he, you know. And the Father's going to give you insight, especially when you ask. Um, so we know, okay, it has to do with maturity. There is a time where it's a season where, okay, you know what, yes, I can, uh, you know, yes, I know I promise you this, but this is not the right season. Because there, there's probably somebody that I, that I need you to encounter, to, that I need you to meet with, that will open that door. And that person, I'm still waiting on them to make a move. And yet, yeah, I know you're waiting. And it's actually a perfect example, Apostle or Divine Generation Ministry. The father, a year prior before I left my old ministry, he was already, I knew. I just knew. Like, you just have this. I'm not, I literally told uh, the... Um, actually start resigning from a lot of a few things that I used to do um, because I just felt in the spirit a year prior that I was getting ready to make a shift. But at the same time, there was no such thing as divine generation. So I knew, I felt it in the spirit, but yet Apostle and Dr. Hardy still, you know, I, I don't know what their, you know, progress was. <laughs> You know, they probably was walking, working on it, you know, waiting for that for confirmation. And I know, like, through their um, 
through their testimony, they've shown, they've talked about how, you know, the father was building different things. Stage, okay, okay, you're on stage one, stage three, as far as finding the ministry. So a lot of time, that is also, you know, yes, the promise still stands. It's just the season is not right because there's a person that you're connected with that I'm still waiting for them to make a move, you know, or a million other, other reasons. So sometimes it's not the season, so that's why we're praying for something, but we don't see it. But in this case, what we're going to be talked about today is a different scenario. Because we know what the Father promises in all life. Whether it's, not, whether it's not the right season or whether it's a, it's a case of maturity, whatever he says, it's yes and amen. So it's a matter of me maturing or it's a matter of the season, but regardless, it's going to happen. You know, you know, regardless of what the case is, it's going to happen. But there are times it's not a matter of the season nor the maturity but it's more so things that is holding up our blessing in the spirit realm. And I know most of the time we talked about this as in, you know, God, you know, uh, especially in the body of Christ. Oh, no, you know what? There is nothing. You know, nothing cannot hold my blessings, you know, because, no, in, in reality, we've come to throughout this teaching. We're really going to show you there are times where there are things that the Father really wants to re release. And we have many, many examples, whether it's Daniel, whether it's... Um, so many, many examples where there are times people pray for things, and the Father in, in the Bible would give us references where that prayer was held up. Though they weren't children, but yet there's still example that it can happen. But nevertheless, today we're going to give you a bit more. We're going to talk a bit more in regards to when, when it's not the season, when it's not the time, it's more so, it's because there is an opponent in the spirit realm that is resisting your blessing. Whatever you're supposed to receive, the, the father is definitely, he keeps his word. He knows that, hey, you know what, yes, this is going to happen. But there are times when those things, when it's not about, the, when it's not one or the other, it's because our opponent there is a force that's holding up what we're supposed to receive. Let's go straight to the verse. So we're going to look into Luke 18, verse 1 through 8. And I know most of you probably, some of you guys probably already heard about this, but we still wanted to talk a little bit more, uh, especially in regards to this verse. Um, and he told them, I don't know if you guys have the verse up there. Um, Luke 18, verse 1 through 8. And he told them a parable. So this is Jesus talking to the disciples. He was giving them a reference. Okay, when you pray for things, there are some things that you pray for. It's not the reason why there's the delay is because there is an opponent, opponent or, or an adversary that's holding up this from, you know, that's holding it in the spirit, which is which causing it that delay. And it's first one. And he looked. And he told them a parable to, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. That's why the words always tell us to pray without ceasing. He said, a certain city, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. This verse is going to be the particular verse that the verse focus. Um, and verse 4 says, For a while he refused, but afterward he says to him, Though I neither fear God nor respect men, yet because this widow kept bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. I wish somebody had some consistency like that. Persistent. You know, like, there, there are times, like, there are things that you know you're supposed to have. I know this is, I'm supposed to have this. 
But this woman, and it's the, the beautiful, beautiful thing about this was it was just a widow. And it probably must probably, who knows, they don't give us much details whether she knew God or not. But she was just consistent. And the, Jesus was using that, that example to kind of show them, hey, there are things that sometimes you're praying for. Don't stop praying just because you pray for a month or two. He was giving them an example of someone, hey, you know what, look up to this, you know, which, is, which could be kind of sad. You know, I'm, I'm sure those guys are like, you know what, you know how like as men and then for Jesus to tell you, hey, you know, just take, you know, take an example from this little woman, you know, from this, from this widow. You know, might, you might be able to learn something from her, you know. And I'm sure those guys are like, what do you mean? I can handle, I can handle her. I mean, handle this judge. But he was talking about, you know what, this woman, it was not about physical strength. It was not about competition. It wasn't about none of that stuff. But she was persistent. She was determined. And that's honestly something that we all can learn from. Yet because this widow keep bothering me, I will, keep, I will give her justice so that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. She's asking him to do something about it. Hey, you need to do something about this situation because I'm not taking no for an answer. Jesus said, you know what, y'all can learn from some, something from her. <clears throat> and will not give, and will, I'm sorry, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to, to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find men faith on this earth? Will he find faith on the earth? There's a few examples out of this. He was, Jesus was pretty much showing to the disciples. He says, first, he was pretty much showing them how to be consistent and persistent. And he was showing them that it's not about physical strength. But it was more so about persistent, knowing, A, whatever, knowing that you deserve your answer. You deserve answer. I need an answer. I need you to take care of this matter. Because she knew that the only way she can get her answer was through this judge. So you who have the authority, I need you to handle this situation because I'm not leaving. But there's an example in this. It says, Three things it's, um, that it also teaches is, on the verse one, first verse, it says to always pray and not lose heart. And that's why in verse 8, it says, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? If you pray for a week or two about something that you were asked, believing the Father for, if you don't receive it, are you going to stop praying? Another example, again, it gives us is, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. What he's pretty much saying in is, because it's funny, because you're looking at, there's two aspects. There's an aspect where it says that, okay, day and night, that means it's, that person is being praying for quite some time. But at the same time, it also says, hey, you know what? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. It's almost, it doesn't make sense. I've been praying day and night for, for years. We don't know for how long that could be. But then now you say, you're going to give me answers speedily. Will he not give them answer um, Justice, speedily, what, I, what the Father was revealing in this is, as we praying, what Jesus was telling them about on this, in this is two things. When you pray, though you may not get, you may not, you might feel that you're not getting answer in the moment, but in the, 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 the truth of the matter is you're really building up in the spirit realm. And that's why a lot of time when we pray, we don't have us, we don't, you know, we don't see the spirit realm as we see in the natural realm. So we probably pray day one, like, okay, 
say that the, the father in his calendar, there's a breakthrough that's supposed to take place in, in day seven. But in day one, we don't see day seven. So, we, okay, I pray, Father, because we don't know what that day, we don't know that it's going to happen in seven days. But in day one, I'm praying, I don't see nothing. So in my mind, okay, this is not doing nothing. I don't even know why I'm praying. Day two, I'm, you know, I'm praying. I didn't see nothing. I just spent 10 hours. You know what? I really could have done something with that extra 10 hours. Because in our, in our natural eyes, we don't see what that looks like. You know, okay, I'm just praying. Father, you said this. That was five years ago. You know, what's going on? We're losing, loosing and binding all kinds of stuff. And the truth of the matter is we really are. Now what we need to really ask is, Father, give me spiritual sight so I can see. Because day one, it's being building. Day two is building. It's building clouds. It's building strength. It's building your inner man. And it's also building in the spirit. So in day seven, speedily it happens. In our mind, that speedily is, okay, that day seven. No, that's not what it is. It's all that cloud that was building up. Spittily, suddenly it happened with full force. And it started raining. So, you know, mine is like, oh, okay, that was just. But can you imagine had you stopped praying in day three? You just stopped building up your cloud. <laughs> you stopped there. But no. And when we pray, we really have to ask. I think that's one thing the body of Christ really, really needs. Father, give me insight to see what my prayers are doing in the spirit realm. Father, give me understanding to see because most of the, reason, most of the time, that's why, we lose, that's why we lose faith. Even if it was 20 years, can you imagine in 20 years, every day I wake up, I can see, okay, it's building up. That would give me a lot of strength. Consistent. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's building because I see it. Year one, okay, you know what? I still have 19 years. I do not mind. There's, I don't lose faith. I don't lose focus because I can see it. But can you imagine praying for 20 years with no sight? Yes. Can you imagine what that looks like? That's a lot of years of just praying. You need some, you need some kind of revelation because you will lose faith. And that's why I can see why Jesus, I can see why the father called, what called, I can see why they call Abraham the father of faith. Because all these years, yet he did not lose faith for one second. It takes a lot. So what we need to pray for now, because we are God's children, we have insight. The word says that we don't, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. That means we're not ignorant of the spirit realm. It's to really ask, Father, give me insight to see what my prayers are doing. So that I can stay faithful. Amen. So that's pretty much what Jesus was explaining to these, those disciples. This woman was praying, but there is an opponent, an adversary, that was holding up her prayer. Or not her prayer, was holding, was resisting her from receiving justice. Whatever that she was asking for, it doesn't really give us details. But literally, she was praying, she, she was asking, but then her opponent was stopping her from receiving what belongs to her. And we're going to go a little bit details um, on definition. That way you kind of have a better perspective. There are several verses in the Bible that talks about adversary. We have 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It says, be sober. Be sober-minded, be watchful, for your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, like a warring lion. He's not a lion. Apostle says it all the time. He's not a lion, but he's just a warring. He's doing, like, imitate. Seeking someone to devour. And there's another verse, again, that talks about adversary. It's Revelation 12, verse 10. It says, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority. I think you guys have a different um, translation, so I apologize for that. But I wanted to, I, I have that one because it has a bit more details on it. 
um, our God in the authority of his, of his Christ overcome for the accuser, the adversary, of our brethren has been thrown down who accuse them day and night before our God. But make a, let's make a connection with this. It says, it says, who accused them day and night before our God. But if you go again to Luke 18, verse 1 through 8, what it says, um, on verse 7, it says, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? So as much as you're praying... You know what's happening? That's just as much as the enemy is going before God. So you're praying day and night. He's also trying to find accusation on you day and night. You stop praying day and night. He's still going day and night. <laughs> and it really, really, that really, really was fascinating to me when I saw that. Literally, the, you know, she's, you know uh, Jesus was telling them that day and night, do you think the Father's not going to listen to you if you keep coming to him day and night? Yes, he will not delay. But at the same time, you also have in Revelation, it says that day and night, the accuser of the brethren, there's a version that says brothers and sisters, he keep going before the Father day and night to accuse you out of your blessing. To accuse you of things. But most of the time, also, one thing you have to understand is he accused you. He's not just bringing illegal accusation. Those were actually legitimate accusation. He's, but the interesting thing about that, you said it correct. Those were accusation most of the time he tricked you into. They talking about you. And now suddenly you either start hating that person or you disliking that person, division and all those things. And then right before you know it, you know, after now he got you, he, like, he got you disconnected. And you know what he did, what he does after that? Right after that. Oh, look at them. So he got you disconnected. He tells you, oh, that they're lying on you. They, they, oh, these people, they don't like you. Then right after that, he will go before the Father. Oh, so really? That's how we're going to do it? We're going to bless such and such? And he's bringing his words before him too. He's going to remind, hey, you know what your word says? Your word says, this is what your word says. The kingdom of God is only being, you can only receive the kingdom of God when you practice this. Peace, joy. Righteousness, holiness. So lying now is holy? Is, is that what we're doing? So that's what we're doing now? And those are the accusations most of the time we don't see about. We don't think. We feel, oh, yeah, like such and such. I'm going to put them in, in place. But not knowing that it was strictly trick of the enemy, crafted by the enemy to remove you from the spirit. And then to go right before. Say day and night. I didn't write this. Day and night. Can you imagine? That's a lot. Snitching. <laughs> Snitching. Like we, like you know, normally they say on the street people, they're snitching. No. This brother. Day and night. Snitching on God's children. So, um, the word adversary, the Greek is, um, has a Greek meaning to it. It's called, uh, it's, it says, uh, I don't speak Greek, but I only speak, you know, French. But, um, <laughs> antidikos. And the definition of it, the, 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 the Greek definition of it is, one who brings a lawsuit or an accusation. One who brings a lawsuit or an accusation against another person. The word anti is against. 
and dikos, when you break it down, it says, all right. But look, at, check this out. So he's literally bringing the, his whole concept is trying to remove you out of your right. That's all he wants, trying to remove you because he knows that the Father is holy. He knows his sanctification. He knows the kingdom. He knows how the kingdom operates. So if, if I can get you to think a certain way, then I can remove you from what truly belongs to you. That's his whole agenda, to literally remove you, to steal you from your birthright. And what are your birthright? Riches, wealth, prosperity, healing, and all those things. In fact, in the verse of um, Revelation 5 and 12 actually have a better references for us. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive, what did we receive? Power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, and what else? That's part, that's our inheritance. We inherit those things through who? Through Christ. So his whole job is trying to deny you of what is your inheritance. And a lot of time, we, there's a small confusion because a lot of time we think inheritance is, okay, you know, you can pay your bills. You know, you can live. I mean, you, can, you, can, you, you know, you, you're doing like the bare minimum. And to you, oh, yeah, that's good. But we're talking about power, wealth. We're talking about walking in the same authority, the same power, the same wisdom, the same honor, glory, blessings that Christ walked also into. That's why he came to give us. It says that inheritance are the promise, not just small opportunities here and there. It's the promise. When the Father says we inherit, we inherit what? The promise. Whatever the word says those are the promise. Those are the things that belongs to you. You can work for money, but when you inherit, it's a whole different thing. You can work for money. Yeah, you know, we all can work for money. Jay-Z, he works for money. A lot of those celebrities, they work for money. But when you inherit something, you don't have to work for it. All you do, it, it's just passed down to you. But when you understand that, it helps you stay in the place of walking blameless before your father. You don't want to disconnect yourself. And at the same time, too, we also inherit the ability that Christ has. We have the ability to stay in his presence. That's part of the inheritance, to remain glory. The glory of God is his presence. From presence, and when you, demand, when you stay too much now, it becomes glory. And that's, we, we, we receive that. That's part of our inheritance. So the enemy, the accuser, the adversary, he knows. He knows that, hey, you know what, I, can, I have to do whatever I need to do to remove them out of that. That's, what he's, that's, what he's, that's, that's who he is. His whole agenda, his name stands for taking your right. I'm here to take your right, what belongs to you, your inheritance. I am here to do that. So he's bringing lawsuits so that he can take what belongs to you. But glory be to God. See, that's why a lot of time we have to be very careful on the things that we let in the things that we entertain, things that we're letting taking place in our heart. Because one agenda, if I can remove you from the spirit realm, if I can remove you, if I can detach you, then I can remove you from your inheritance. 
The Bible talks about when we walked in the spirit, we don't do what? When we walked in the spirit, when we remain in the spirit, we won't fulfill those things. Because the moment we tap into that world, we're in a whole different realm, which is what Apostle been preaching this whole week. And it's interesting how the Father keeps connecting everything. One spirit, one God. He's not going to tell one thing and then a whole different revelation or a whole different teaching. No, the same thing. So now we're going to find out how do we give the enemy foothold over our lives, legal rights over our lives, over our destiny. How is that the adversary, how does he have ability to stop things from us? That is a lot. Like you inherit from Christ. You are seated in heavenly place. You are a child of God. Jesus died for, for you to have that. But then at the same time, many times, many people walk this earth and never receive tap into not even an inch of their inheritance. Believers. Child of God. But it's because a lot of time the enemy purposely. And another thing that the father revealed to me this week is, again, to go back to the same teaching. When you remain in his presence, there are things that, the, that the, there are legal things, that there are accusations, there are things that the enemy is, has on you. You have the, the Holy Spirit reveal all things. You can't remain in God's presence for him not to reveal you about your life. <clears throat> it's impossible. You can't be in his presence for him to not say, hey, you need to work on this. I am one. <laughs> it's funny. I am definitely one. I, I kid you not. There are times, it's, 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 it's so much that it's scary. There are times, Dr. Hardy would come to me. I said, Dr. Hardy, I don't want to hear uh, Not today, sis. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> tell the father, tell me next week. I'm <laughs> or he will give me a dream. He will get, tell me something. Or my wife have like a word. Or she will, and it's so crazy how so accurate but the reason why is because that's always my prayer. Father, reveal me. I know it might be tough. There are some of them that might be tough at times. Like, I still want to know. Because I don't want the enemy to hold nothing. I don't want, I'm praying for things and it's just like I'm, my prayers are bouncing off the wall. Because I'm walking in hate. Because I'm walking in ungodliness. Because I'm not doing, I'm walking in disobedience. Those are things that he literally constantly go before the Father and says, oh, really? That's how we're going to do it? <laughs> oh, really? That's how we're going to do it? I can only imagine. Like he told um, when, 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 when God asked him, how is my servant, um, Job? Well, well, how would he not be fine? You, you, he, he got everything. He's blessed. You cover him. You have a hedge of protection around him. Why would he not worship you? Why would he not? But the reason why is because the Father constantly is revealing things to us when we remain in his presence. Those are the things that the enemy would keep running. And there are millions. And you know because the Holy Spirit will reveal you. He will tell you what's going on. If your heart is stony, there is, if you are praying, those that are being led, those that, are, those that walked in the spirit, these are the children of God. So it's impossible for the Holy Spirit not to reveal to you that, hey, you know what, your heart is full of hate. If he's not telling you, then something is wrong. It almost as if you haven't received Christ or you haven't even spent time because the Holy Spirit speaks, sent to those that are heir of salvation. So if you are God's children, it is impossible for him not to tell you, okay, you need to get it together. You need to work on this, brother. There's grace. You know, we'll be patient. The Father, and that's what grace is for. And, and I know for me, like one time the Father gave me a dream. He says, Kirby, you know what? I'm going to give you a greater grace. <laughs> I'm going to give you a greater grace. He gave me five, 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 five. I'm like, okay, Father, am I that bad? <laughs> But what it is, is he's giving you grace because he knows your heart. Because he knows. And you know the interesting thing about that? 
I was praying. There were things that I was praying for, you know, um, in, in our household. And I kept praying, but then he kept giving me one dream. I keep saying, okay, Father, you said this. You, you know, I'm bringing him, like I'm using the word you said to remind you of your promise. He's like, I know what I said, but you're being disobedient. I know what I said. I remember, yes. Thank you for reminding me. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I know what I said. And only, not only he said that, he also told me, you know what? The enemy is accusing you. The enemy is accusing you. One time he actually gave me a warning. I'm like, okay. I'm going to get it together, Father. Because it's not about me, what I want. But it's like, he's like, Kirby, okay, I see what you're doing, bro. But this brother right here, and what he's saying is right. Because I told you. When I told you you're not doing, that's disobedient. It doesn't matter how I have my grace. I'm being patient with you. Because you didn't grow up in my realm. You didn't. There's the time, like, he will tell me, okay, to study for two hours. I studied for two hours. And I'm, I studied for two hours, but I didn't probably study the right thing. Because a lot of time, you, the Father will tell you one thing, but you're not, because we're not, we so, we, we have a lot of work to do. We just don't know. We're very ignorant of his world. So he will tell us to do one thing, we're doing it, but actually we're, not, we're somewhat still doing it wrong. But that's what grace is for. But at the same time, he knows that oh, you, you need to get it together because this brother right here, day and night. I know, it, you know, once 9 o'clock hit, you went to sleep, but this brother's still right here. <laughs> it's 10 p.m. He's still right here in my ears. Oh, really? That's how we're going to do it? Oh, really? Inheritance? Walking power, like this, he barely prayed for two hours. That's how it. Let's hurry up because we don't have much time. Those are the things a lot of time that the enemy a lot of time used as legal right in our lives. Even sometimes when we're doing the right thing in our first fruit, we give the last thing. Father, give us, you know, we, we say, Father, once I get this job, I'm a, I, I, every dollar that I receive, you will get the first. Before I do anything with it, you'll get the first one. Before I even look at it, I'm still going to, shh, Dr. Hardy. But, you know, the interesting thing is, most of the time, we barely, we connect the one from last month and this month together to pay his tithes. But he's like, you know, he's, he's like, and the father's like, you know what? Greater grace. Greater grace for you, my son. Greater grace for you, daughter. Greater grace. Sometimes we create system in our head. Oh, you know, the father, no, I'm just going to do it every month. He's like, you know what? Greater grace for you. I'm going to be patient with you. Pay ties. We missed it. He says that, you know what, I will rebuke the devourer. But you don't pay. He's like, uh, I want to. I'm trying. But I'm, I can't go against my word. He said, I'm watching over my word. He couldn't swear unto no, no, no one's greater. So he had to swear to himself. Because he knows that he can't lie to himself. He's like, I'm watching. Hey, you know what? There is nobody greater, more holy, righteous than me. I am righteous. Holy is me. So I said it, and that's law. It's sealed. So I can't take it back. You're not paying, brother. I'm, I'm going to remind you. I'm going to set the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a dream, revelation. I'm going to give you ten prophetic word until you get it together. But I still cannot fight the devourer for you. I can't rebuke them. And if we go back, what is, what is our adversary? He is like a warring lion, seeking whom he can devour. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he's going to destroy your finance, destroy your, the things that, the, 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 he's going to destroy those things that the, the Father's trying to release. He's going to literally hold it in the spirit realm because 
you're not tainted to the word. You're not walking in the spirit. We have pride, unforgiveness. When we work, when we practice the work of the flesh, of the flesh, dishonorable, disobedience. When we're not seeking Him first, when we're not guarding our heart, when we're not giving Him first the first fruit, like the first place in our lives, those are the things that He goes and 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 and, act, and, and accuse us before the Father day and night. He's not sleeping. Laziness. You know the Father promised you wealth and. Wealth is part of your inheritance. It's part of your destiny. It is the Father' good pleasure, good desire to give you the kingdom and everything in it. But when you're not being obedient to his word, he can't release those things. The enemy held up your inheritance. Drunkenness, division, anger, offense, rejection, divination. When you practice witchcraft. And a lot of times people think witchcraft is more so just <laughs> a witch that, you know, crafting stuff. But, <laughs> but the truth is, is when you're crafting things that is, that is ungodly or when you're crafting lies, when you're making up stories that is not because you're crafting something. Me and my wife, we often use that word, so conjuring up. You're conjuring up stuff. <laughs> Putting stuff together. That is witchcraft, trying to deceive other people. And many times, so often we do it in the body of Christ. Ignorantly and sometimes knowingly. To get people to do things, to do things according to what we want them to do. But when reality, we already know the, our motive behind, you know, in the back of our head. Those are things that cannot inherit. You cannot inherit God's kingdom, blessings, when you're practicing those things. When you're walking in fear, complaining, when you're causing division, hate, when you're practicing malice in your heart, disobedience, doubt. Occult involvement. A lot of times, things that they're... It's funny, one time the father had uh, told me, and that's why a lot of time it's interesting because there are things that sometimes we don't think. We don't see of it or we don't, because we don't know, we think that it doesn't happen. One time the father had to remind me, there are generational curse that I have to break. I'm like, well, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm safe, sanctified. What do I have to break, father? He's like, there are things that is in your bloodline you have to deal with. Because the enemy can bring those things as accusation. I'm like, Father, I've been, in, I've been in Christ forever, my whole life. But there are still there are things sometimes that are so strong. That's what the stronghold is. The word says we are to yoke unto Christ. But a lot of times there are things that we are yoked to. Stronghold is pretty much, uh, is pretty much a, a strong man, a giant in the spirit that is leading us into different. Stronghold doesn't start with a stronghold. It's bad habit. When you remain in it so much, then it becomes a stronghold. It's fine. You can probably, you know, drink a glass of wine or whatever the case is. But you have to be extremely mindful because there are things that once you keep doing it so much and now you indulge, it becomes your lifestyle. It becomes a lifestyle. The enemy can literally make that. That can become a stronghold. And if you don't deal with it, now it becomes a generational stuff. That's what DNA is about. DNAs are pretty much things, hey, automatically, whatever that is in me, when I have my sons or my daughter or both, it transfers. So there are times the Father wants us to deal with a certain thing so that it doesn't transfer. So those are things that we have to literally, sometimes we have to go back and repent and denounce. Repent in our family, in behalf of our family and for ourselves. Because those things, the enemy used them as way of blocking our inheritance. I don't know how much time do I have. I'm going to make it fast. I want to use this verse, um, then i probably cut it, cut it short. Proverbs 6, verse 10 and 11. 
It talks about a little sleep and a slumber. A little sleep, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you, come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. It's interesting because um, as I was studying this week, and the Father led me to read this particular book, um, and um, and He was just because it's again, He deals with you first. Before he deals, before you can actually release a message. And <laughs> indeed, he dealt with me. And there's a lot of things sometimes we do ignorantly. And the enemy plays in our ignorance a lot. You know, if we, he can keep us in ignorant, that's an advantage for him. And that's why the word says, you know, lack of knowledge. My people are perishing. Anything that you, it's a lack of, if, if anything you don't know, it's a lack of knowledge. It's a ignorance. You're not previewed to it. And it could be as simple as the letter A. <laughs> but because you don't know, you don't know. And the enemy will use that to often hold you down or play in that. So, With the word sleep, in this verse, as we're talking pretty much about time for harvest, it's a lot of time the reason why there's so much things or poverty in in the body of Christ where people are not receiving what they truly supposed to be receiving. You're praying for certain things. is because there are times we literally can invite Poverty. Poverty is a spirit. Poverty is a spirit. It is a demonic force. It is a demonic spirit. And in fact, it says in this in this verse, it says, "So so shall your poverty." That's how you your poverty, as in it's a spirit that is being assigned to you to keep you in a certain manner. It comes to you like a prowler. <clears throat> So we, um, we, I, I look into uh, some of those verses, or I'm sorry, those words, and seeing the definition. Most of them are more so in Hebrew. The word sleep in Hebrew is the word shina. It's pretty much what it means is to be slack. It's to grow old. No energy, no vision, no diligence, no drive, no dream, no future. I can see why. If the enemy wants to destroy you, he will assign a poverty spirit. Dr. Miles Monroe says, poverty is really lack of creativity. Actually, the verse, I believe it's uh, from the word, uh, the poor you'll always have with you. That verse, that word poor is really lack of creativity. Which makes a lot of sense. It says, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler. And the word sleep means, because a little sleep, a little slumber, it's really one that is just slack, you know, growing old, no energy. You have no vision. You have, you have no future. And when you're in that status, you're literally inviting. It's an invitation. That's how most of the time people fell into depression. You don't just automatically, depression is not, those things are not just, they don't just take over you. It's a process. You have to literally be in a state of mind the same way the Holy Spirit don't just, you're not just full of the Holy Spirit in one day. It's a process. You, it comes in portion. The more time you spend with the Holy Spirit is the more time you're being full. It's the same with the demonic. The more time you're just laying in there is the more you are full of it. Slumber, the Hebrew word is snoma, which means drowsiness. When you let yourself grow old without dream, again, without vision, depression, no excitement about life. You see how sometimes we just, in the state, we're thinking that we're just, oh, you know, I'm just, 
you know, it's, you know, nothing going on. It's just whatever, you know. Um, you know, just, you know, I'm, you know, just, you know, just I'm here, you know, just, you know, life is just, I'm just doing me, you know. I've been applying for this job. Nobody called me, you know. You know, you, well, it's just my family. That's how they are, you know. Not knowing, we're literally just opening door. We say, hey, come in. We're inviting poverty. We're inviting a demonic force to literally take where you become that. You become, you're yoking yourself to something that you don't even see. A strong man. Wherever it goes. That's why a lot of times people, it, it's so hard sometimes for people to come out of poverty. And it has nothing to do with money. You'll give a, a poor person money, they will take that money and then lose it in two seconds. Because it's a mindset. It's a spirit. It's a stronghold. Folding of the hand. Hebrew means shabu, shabah. It's pretty much not involving your hands on things that can bring prosperity for your life. You're not being creative. You're waiting for somebody to give you money when, in fact, there is so much stuff around. Like they said, you know, God did not create the chairs. Chairs, what did he do? He built the trees. So you make the chair from the tree. Being creative. Use your brain. We believe in the Father for everything. How do, how, how, how do we not believe in him to give us wisdom on what to do? A hey, Father, how do I utilize the skill, the brain that I have, this big brain, <laughs> with all the cells in there? How do I use it to bring forth glory, your kingdom, by, through creativity? How do I bring myself out of this lacking every day, constantly, Prowler is the Hebrew word for a hey lie. To walk. Pretty much is to walk about and searching for opportunity to devour. Like when we see when the scene of the words is like that when the, the, the enemy is searching around to, to you know seek and trying to find whom he can devour, that's the same that's the same verse. It's that same word. Like a prowler. He's walking around to see whom he can devour. Out of your destiny, out of the out of the Father's plan for your life, and armen is a Hebrew word for magenor or megena. Pretty much means shield. And the interesting thing about that is that it says it gives more details. It says scaled, a scaled hide of a, a crocodile. It pretty much shows how strong the enemy is. Like his very, he has strength. He, his, his, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's like the opposite. It's kind of, it's the same, it's similar to using like the skin of a crocodile. You see how hard it is or how, how strengthening it is. Though I've never touched a crocodile and I don't desire to do that. But, um, <laughs> well, at least not, at, you know, at least not when they're alive, maybe when they're dead. Their skin is extremely tough. So when you have an arm, a strong man around you that kind of holds you, yoke you, the enemy literally Satan assign a spirit to hold you from progressing, from, from being creative, from walking into your destiny, from enjoying life. When the word says that, I love that verse, this is the day that he has made. So let, let us rejoice. He's literally trying to remove that verse out of your mouth. So you can enjoy the fullness of his blessing. A prowler is a steel, is someone that's steel. And our men empower with strength against, uh, against God's children. So his whole concept is to literally steal and, and, and empower to take whatever belongs to you. But you know why often he does that? Where he can do that is when we step out of God's will. That's why we always talk, that we, Apostle always talks about practice righteousness. When we go before the Father, we have to use that, uh, that, that, that word, what is it, the, uh, the trip, uh, trip. 
Father, teach me. And for cases like that, we have to t- Father, we move things in my life that I'm not even in sight, that I, I don't even know about. I don't have any insight because those are the things. Reveal my heart to me. Father, what is in my why am I, why am I, the, why, why are the promises that you promised to me, why are not, why not, they're not happening? What is holding me back from walking in the fullness? Because he already says it. He says, remind me in Isaiah. Though we don't have to remind him, because he already knows his promise. But there are things many times when we go before him, when somebody gave you a prophetic word about this business we're supposed to start, that is your, that is the promise. Because when a prophet speaks, they speak directly from what the father has written. The father's giving them an insight of your life, a glimpse of what belongs to you, part of your inheritance. When you read the word, that is the inheritance. So, Father, why is this not happening? And the Father's revealing to you is because you have too many open doors. You're not walking blameless enough. When Jesus says, Satan has nothing on me. And that's why he told us to imitate him. Because the enemy cannot hold him. He couldn't hold him because he has nothing on him. When we practice the fruits of the Spirit, we know in verse 29, in Galatians 5, uh, verse 29, it says, those who, belongs to, to, those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires, the worldly desires, the things that the enemy used as an accusation. This is why Jesus can say, you know what, he has nothing on me because he literally had crucified himself. The word says he was tempted in all aspects. He was tempted in them because otherwise he, he couldn't have been a, a high priest. So he walked the walk that we now live. When, when the Bible talks about that against such thing there is no law, when we practicing the fruits of the Spirit. Pretty much what it means is the enemy don't have a case. Make sense? When you practice love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, the enemy cannot come before me and say, hey, you know what? Kirby's being too good. Kirby's been too patient. You need to deal with him. That's not a case. How can he hold that against you? That is walking in the likeness of my brother, of my father. So when you walk in those abilities, when you walk, when you imitate Christ, you remain in the spirit. The enemy cannot remove you from his realm. He has no accusation. But when you out of it, when you step out of and you step into his realm, he has everything on you. And a lot of time he imparted a lot of things in you. Because you're in his territory. And that's why like it's so interesting how apostle been teaching about this and the father keep speaking on me so much how we can easily remove ourselves from one realm and transfer to the other. In the moment and, and we got to be extremely careful because when we transfer we can also if we don't remove ourselves if we don't Ask the Father, the Holy Spirit, to remove us. That those are the, that's how strongholds start. That's why the, the word would say, you know, anger, but sin not, because you can angry. Okay, that's you know, but don't go. Before, don't do not let a day the, the night goes. Remain in that same state of mind because you're opening a whole new, new door, and when you stay in it too much, now you become such. You soak in that. Your heart is full of anger. And the enemy is literally destroying your destiny. He's destroying your inheritance. You're praying, you're giving, you're doing things, but your heart is full of hate. Dividing, you're gossiping, you're talking about all God's children. But then now you're going, Father, you know, where's my blessing? I've been praying for this, Father. I pay my tithes. But the first thing he's going to say, you need to pay your, your mouth. Watch your mouth. 
<laughs> Watch your mouth. Pay your mouth. <laughs> because you're out of his, you're out of his will, out of his character. You're completely disconnected. He said, I can't, I, I want to, but I can't, my, my, sancti- my sanctity, I can't. You got to come out of it. My holiness, you can't remain in there and then for me to dwell to, I can't give you a thumbs up in that life. But I'm definitely going to set my spirit to remind you, to bring you correct, correction. I'm going to give you grace. That's what a lot of th- the whole concept, a lot of time people say, well, you know what, who can bring accusation against God's elect? When the Father we feel, when we humble ourselves and we sing, oh man, you know, Father, I didn't mean that. Oh man, Father, you know what, I didn't mean to disobey you. Oh man, Father, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to stay in that life because you're too good for me. This relationship is too important. You die so I may receive my inheritance. Why would I want to jeopardize that for nothing? Why would I want to remain in anger with division, with, uh, with, with malice, with those things that is not taking me nowhere? Why would I want to indulge in that? Knowing that it's blocking me from what you died for, what you gave your only son for. But it starts with humility. When you humble yourself, it says, Father, you know what? I empty myself out. I didn't mean this. Father, cancel every accusation, everything that the enemy is bringing against, you, against me, whatever is causing things to be delaying in my life. I put it under the blood of Jesus. That's how humility starts. Father, I submit it all under the blood of Jesus. Father, cancel every accusation. Yes, I know my parents did some things. They enter into some stuff that I had nothing to do with, but I pray for them. And I pray for myself. When the Father was revealing things, whether it's for me, for my family, I'm like, oh, Father. I could have easily said, well, that had nothing to do with me. (laughs) That was them. I didn't tell them I wasn't here. <laughs> I wasn't there. That, that's them. Deal with them. But then I hear Jesus' voice. He's like, well, I did the exact same thing. I did the exact same thing. All this stuff that I carry on my back, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. It was not me. But I took it on, you know, upon myself so I can give you all blessings. So I can break that barrier forever, once and for all. Break that yoke. Now you can yoke unto me. So there are times when the Father takes you back to those things when you sit in his presence. I'm pretty much finished. And I, I, we could just stand on our feet as we, we're getting ready to pray. As you... He will reveal your heart to you. I know I kind of went over a little, little bit of my time. Um, he will reveal your heart as you're st- sitting in his presence. Father, you know what? I, I didn't mean to. Yes, I'm praying, I'm repenting even on behalf of my family. Generational stronghold. I do not want them to continue. It stops there. <laughs> 